Well, I am rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. I'm starting to get really sick of this intro sequence. Um... I think it would have been really cool, and it's a missed opportunity that they don't have all of these different characters giving their thoughts on the backstory. Because I think it would be really cool to see Kaylee's version of the backstory or uh, Inara's version of it, frankly. Yeah, I mean— I mean, even—or even in an episode like this, Niska doing the, you know, intro would be really interesting. Well, they did have Book do it a couple yeah, times. Yeah, which is where I get the idea from. I mean, they've had both Book and Mal, and both of them— you know, gave in their voice what this, how the alliance and how the, you know, brown coats and all of this formed. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I think that they yeah. probably kept it with, with Mal for a couple of reasons. Uh, yeah, I know why. Number one, because he's sort of ostensibly the main character of the show. And, and also, you know, primarily, I, I would assume for, for financial reasons, because, you know, they could, they could use the same footage over and over again if they wanted yeah. to. But of course, you know, having different people go into a recording booth and, and record it over and over again is kind of, yes. you know, writing something else and having to, to time it exactly to the, the same length, even though. Do the, I, I would say, do any shows really do that kind of a thing? Because that would be a. Not, Interesting device. I don't think so. And also, I mean, shows don't really do that anymore. Well, a lot, yeah. I mean, shows will do narrators. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I obviously, I think that was a trend that was more in the mid two thousands. Yeah, narrated, narrated show, but. Um, I think that I mean the opening the opening that they use in most episodes of Firefly obviously is a, is a sop to you know trying to attract new viewers yeah. to give context to the show for people that have never seen an episode before yeah. and so I think for that reason you know and and the other reasons I already mentioned they probably yeah. that's probably why they didn't do it and I again mean, I guess this is one of those things that we're seeing it rub against it not being sure whether you know how to tell its story it was kind of in this in between time where before really there were so you know the strong serialized shows of the late 2000s early you know 2010s yeah but also you know knowing that i mean this is something similar that we've noticed with ds9 a lot it's in this weird interim state before you know it wants to tell stories that can't be done episodically but at the same time it doesn't have quite the audience and the regularity and means to uh, exactly yeah because I, I even think of something like for example the Americans which which finished its uh, its fourth season this year and they open with a previously on in most episodes but they don't do anything else and the episodes themselves don't telegraph or don't sort of tell you yeah. anything. they're like as you know this character it's you assumed know. that you've been watching this whole time and again Breaking Bad you know did did a lot of that too but one one of the I mean, I read it in. I think it was. It was, was it. Everything bad is good for you. I believe where one of the things that they talk about is how uh, the advent of DVDs and later streaming and all of that, because you have the entire series available to you in a way that wasn't around when. Sure. Uh, you, you know, they are able to tell much more complex stories because, well, you know, you 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 can see all of this. We don't assume that you. But anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that in, in ter- well, it's a good it's a good time to bring it up. I think yeah. because you know, of course, War Stories is a, a kind of a direct sequel to the Train Job in a way. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, I I will say flat out that I, I really did like this episode. I, yeah. I think it's one of the best uses of all of the main characters mm. that we've had so far. Yes. And I think that you know, like I said last week, when I had this whole problem with the end of the episode where. I really didn't buy the fact that Mal would leave Jane on the ship. 
you know, this episode, I think, went a little bit towards justifying that because it, at least in this episode, especially towards the end when they're all, you know, suiting up to go rescue Mal with their guns and things, even the characters that have never fought before, you know, Jane is right there. Yeah, and, and even it at seems the beginning, like maybe he's turned a little bit of a corner. At the beginning when they're talking about the apples, they say, oh, Jane was really unusually you yeah. know, generous with his cut. I wonder what, you know. Obviously, and and I think that's one of the things that maybe Mal notices about Jane. Like, Jane is a terrible person, but he also has a very shriveled vestigial conscience in him. Janestown was, I think, a little bit of that awakening. Uh, the events after Ariel were another bit of that awakening. So maybe we're seeing, finally, Mal is realizing that there is something more to this guy and you know he's not gonna give up on him in a way i mean yeah mal is maybe wanting to develop jake and uh, jane into a well i I mean also too i i I think on the other side of that i think jane is probably realizing that that mal is someone that you don't want to cross oh yeah and i think he's realizing what side he needs to be on to to make sure that his life is as long as he wants it to be (laughs) well in a way i mean we see three we see jane obviously in this episode we see niska trying to you know niska wants to niska believes that he has the reputation you escape from niska you cross niska you're gonna have punishment from him and obviously niska has walked away from this much worse for mal he is going to think twice before he crosses him again um, and we also have Wash reconsidering Mal and understanding – because, I mean, that's part of the – Mal very much has this – I wouldn't say quite a goofy exterior because he is not the goofy one on the ship, but he is very down-to-earth. He is kind of very practical. He's funny. You know, he's charming. He doesn't look like a scary person. Right. In the sense that, like, Niska is fucking terrifying, you know, the second you see him. Well, or, I mean, you know, and even I mean, even the costuming choices go along yeah. towards that. Of course, Wash likes to wear these colorful shirts all the time, and Niska's yeah, yeah. wearing, like, all black, and he's yeah. very evil, you know. But, you know, we're not, we don't take Mal under percent seriously, but when Mal is pushed to it, he will be extremely fucking scary. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that that I think one of the things that I think is really, really intriguing about the way that this episode went is, of course, you know, it is about Nishka to a degree and it is about Mal. But I think it's also about, you know, giving some more context to Zoe and Wash's marriage and the ways in which Zoe and Mal and Wash are all sort of in this. I mean, that the very devastating line in the episode, of course, is when they're fighting, you know, Zoe and Wash are fighting in the cockpit and wash says you know there's there's one too many husbands in this marriage yeah you know and that of course is a low blow but it's also true to some degree well it's interesting because he we've been talking a bunch about you know zoe is kind of a cipher in some ways she's really defined by her relationships to mal and to wash yeah and this episode i would say very directly addresses that i mean wash at one point you know during that fight is saying you know do you have any opinions of your own you know you just do whatever the captain says and you know zoe is trying to explain like no it's not like that you know but she really can't and when wash comes out of you know being imprisoned by niska's the way he's talking to you know zoe about like oh my god mal got me through this and Suddenly, you know, and the two of them have a moment of understanding. That's something Zoe's never been able to explain to Wash because he's never really been in the lowest of the lowest situation and have Mal push pull him out. Zoe has certainly had many times where Mal was the one who was able to either give her the strength to get out of something or who rescued or something like that, you know. And so she knows, you know, the captain has her back and if he vetoes an idea, he has a reason for it. And she, in a way, has the... She, she's gone through the fire and has that trust through that. 
this is Wash seeing the fire and finally getting that, no, it isn't a case of, you know, love in this in a romantic sense. Like, that's actually not on the table here. Well, it's respect. Yeah, I mean, they do, you know, at this point, Mal and Zoe have a relationship that is unbreakable and that is extraordinarily strong, just as Wash and Zoe have a relationship that is unbreakable and extremely strong as well. Um I think both, you know, I think Wash is worried that she can't, you know, have both at the same time in a way, have these, or that he doesn't understand what their relationship really is. I mean, there is that point when Zoe comes to bargain for them and she says, oh, I want my men back. And she says, just, there's a very casualness to the delivery. Like, she doesn't see any contradiction. She can have a husband and a captain and, you know, yeah, it, you know, and she can you know, juggle the two of them and her own ideas, you know, without any conflict in her. Like, I guess what, you know, well, I, I mean, what, what I get, what I come from this episode, you know, with is Zoe has a, has a lack of conflict in her about how to navigate all these different roles. And I well, think that's I think, a very interesting version of her character. I, I think that, that I don't disagree with you, but yeah. I think that the, the key scene there is, is when Zoe goes into Nishka's lair and she sees Mal and Wash being tortured and, you know, she immediately chooses Wash. Yeah. And I think, you know, of course, that is a gut reaction to her wanting to get her husband back, the man that she loves. And of course, yeah. she was never going to choose Mal over Wash. But the, and of course, Wash, I think, is is realizing that in this episode. That's really what he's coming to, to yeah. realize. But on the other hand of it, of course, too, is that is a calculated decision on Zoe's part at the same time that she knows that Wash can't. Yeah, stand up to this. She knows that Mal can, and she has enough experience with Mal during the war and and all of those yeah, things yeah, yeah. that she knows that Mal is going to be able to get through this on his own by himself. That Wash could not, and so there's. I like the fact that there's uh, there are two competing sort of decision trees there, but they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we've said before, you know, the 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 crew is kind of divided into combatants and non-combatants with. Uh, you know, Zoe and Mal and Jane and, and even Book clearly on the combat side and the rest, you know. Kate yeah, and I want to talk about Book because I don't, if I remember correctly, I mean, there's there's only four episodes of the show left plus the movie Serenity. I don't think we ever really find out about Book's backstory. No, we do in a comic and it's yeah, exactly so the story you think it might be. I find him a very interesting character. Yes. But anyway. Um, the fact that, you know, both Book's backstory and The Hands of Blue are re- are resolved in comics and are just kind of lame in both cases, you know, it, it's another thing that would have been really cool to have. Again, The Hands of Blue is a recurring villain sure. that, you know, gets defeated at the end of season their season two's big bad or something yeah. like that. Um, either way, yeah, Wash is definitely on the non-combat side, and this mission kind of shows to him why he isn't. I mean, I think he has at the beginning of the episode some kind of, you know— he 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 feels that he's lesser because he's not able to go on these runs. He feels that I mean, I mean, there's the moment when you know they're captured, and he's like, "Wait a second, you know, this would have been my wife. How dare you know that right, kind of right. thing going through his head?" But you know, obviously, I mean, Wash can't handle the torture. Zoe probably could as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think that. Uh, that's kind of, I think, the tension at the heart of the mm. episode, which is really this, this, like you said, breaking it down between combatants and non-combatants. And and the the thing that I find most interesting, especially about the the sort of the latter part of the episode, is 
how quickly i mean once zoe rescues wash and leaves mal there and of course you know nishka's yeah. evil and cuts off his ear and it's you know horrible but the the thing is wash i think is realizing that you know it, it, zoe doesn't put him in these situations zoe doesn't really I guess she defers to Mal. She doesn't really argue with Mal because she trusts him implicitly because they have gone through so much stuff together. And also the fact of the matter is, I think Zoe realizes that Wash, you know, is not that kind of person. Yeah. And letting him go on this mission in the first place was kind of an interesting choice for her and for Mal. I think they did it because, of course, they didn't anticipate anything going wrong. Well, yeah, at one point, Mal even does says, like, look, this is a milk run, you know, if you – if it weren't, I would not – like, there, there is a degree to which, you know, Wash changes the codes and he's all, you know, fine, I'm – you know, like, Mal and I are going on this run. He's pouting, essentially. Yeah, and the two of them are right, all right, fuck, this needs to be done, you know. We'll deal with it later, but we are going to be yelling tonight, you know, and... Well, that is... I mean, I think that that's something that is kind of at the heart of the show that I'm realizing is that, you know, this is a... You know, it is a very stylized dialogue show. Yeah. There's a lot of Chinese in there. There's a lot of sort of, you know, patter and, and, and different sort of slang and things like that. And but this episode, I found, had a little more of the Chinese in it. A little so bit. Whoever, whatever writer liked that aspect. Yeah, but. this was a writer that wrote one episode for the show, and I think she wrote a couple other episodes for, like, Roswell or something, okay. but never really wrote anything else, which is kind of a shame, because I, I yeah. did like the way this episode was written, and, and I think... It has a it, good it, insight it, to this character. And it very much used a lot of the stuff that was going on all throughout the episode, and very yeah. interesting way um i definitely want to talk about uh, uh kaylee and and river as well oh yeah but what i what i find really um what i think is kind of at the heart of the show is this idea that you don't really resolve anything through dialogue which is very different from i mean it's very different from star trek certainly yeah but it's also an indication that why they don't really ever discuss anything zoe doesn't ever really discuss this with wash and try and get through to him and say look this is what happened during the war this is why i trust mal that's not how these characters operate they don't live in a universe where you know dialogue in good faith is going to solve problems and so if anything else them deciding to let wash go on this mission and then having it all go awry and having to go rescue you know wash and mal is is a is a way for the show to to kind of push those characters past yeah. This this roadblock in a way in a very dramatic fashion. I mean, you know, the Next Generation, for example, which is one of the you know cl- classic best science fiction television shows that have ever been made. You know, very much was all about dialogue and yes. good faith, and that you know, there's there's certain ways that that can go. Violence is a failure. You know, it's a last resort. I mean, this and is this a, is a universe where that is definitely flipped. Um, this is I, I mean, this is a show that ends with this all this gunplay and I mean you know recently you know America's very focused on mass shootings and everything like that so um I mean it's almost weird to especially watching so much uh Star Trek as we do yeah to see you know and see when there are shootouts in Star Trek it's all pretty lasers and you know pew pew kind of stuff like these are bullets these are people getting shot I mean the the one guy that uh, the oh, this is something the captain has to do himself. The torturer. Oh, you know, I love get, that line. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there there are those these two nice moments, which are again the one where you know Niska and the music are setting up this. Oh, this is only enough. Mal, 
I mean, wash, whatever. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> well. I think actually, you know that 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 line, that little dialogue between the two of them, that two line scene where you know Zoe saying, "Look, this is something the captain has to do for yeah. himself," and you know Zoe or uh, you know Mal immediately says, "No, it's not." You know, and I think that there is a you know that's a surprising line because of course you think that Mal wants to do it by himself. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the trope in a way. But it's also it's also an indication, of course, that that Mal needs his family, his crew, yeah. as much as they need him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a way, this is uh, – it, it, it almost is a line of – because obviously Mal has been tortured. He died. He is struggling. He is in no way capable of – you know, the fact that he has gotten this far with this guy is, is amazing. And, yeah. you know, and even then Zoe thinks he's he's fucking Superman. Like, Captain can do this. He's going to take care of it. Um, but, I mean, then you have, you know, all three of them just unloading a full clip into this guy – him crashing. I mean, that's a fairly violent death. Sure. Like, that's, I don't know. And, and obviously, Niska and his people are sadists, but I think they very much want us to. I mean, all of Niska's men are acceptable targets. We don't mourn for any of those things. These people don't exactly have sins on their soul from killing them. But at the same time, I mean, it's. They. they I mean, Mal makes a you know a, a deal of checking up on Simon and Kaylee, for example, afterwards. Like, how you doing after that? But the rest of them are hardened enough that this is what they do. And there, you know, it's funny because there is. I mean, let's talk about book for a minute because I think that there is a a sort of misunderstanding amongst the sort of quote unquote hardened members of of the crew that you know when Book wants to come on on the rescue mission, you know, Zoe's kind of like, yeah, for a second she's like, we don't need a preacher, and then immediately i think she realizes oh wait a second like yeah this guy is more than he appears to be he knows how to operate things he knows how to use he knows his way around guns yeah when they see i mean when when they see the bodies he's able to tell you know this is professional work this is the kind of gun that was used you know and that's why i think that that this episode in particular in the show in general you know is really starting to work for me is that all of these characters are not face value you know they, no. they have other things going on with them and each episode so far seems to be revealing different layers of all of the characters like last episode where simon is coming up yes. with this plan for crime for example you know no one ever thought saw that was coming this episode is all about finding out the the sort of hidden layers you know between and amongst yeah. wash and zoe but again and, and what i really like about the show is that there are these hidden and unexpected things but they're not shocking in any way, and they're pulled not pulled out of nowhere. Again, with Simon, it is a surprise that he's able to come up with this plan, but when you think about his past, his intelligence sure. level, you know, it actually does make complete sense. Book, we never saw him do this kind of, you know, shooting before, but at the same time, you know, he had that weird Alliance credentials in that episode. Book always knows a little more than he's letting on, you know. Book is also working out. <sighs> You know, I mean, they're they're that- yeah. No, it, 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 it's it's there's a lot of things that they're not talking about that they kind of know, but they're yeah. Well, I don't think they're ready to deal with it yet, honestly. Yeah. And I think, well, the other thing too, let's talk about about this, um, uh, River and and, yeah. and Kaylee because that I think is some of the most subtle stuff that the show has done yet. You know, River obviously at the end of last episode, she you know Simon is trying new drugs on yeah. her to get her to be a little more normal or a little better or whatever to to cure her to heal her a little bit or to ameliorate her symptoms of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. basically kind of being in her own head. And we don't really know exactly what's going yeah, on. Yeah, but at, at, at what we know is that she had a lot of unnecessary brain surgeries, among other treatments, and 
uh, that they cut and removed a lot of different parts of her brain. So, and, and no one knows why at this point. Yeah, and I think that you know the opening scene where. Kaylee is chasing River because River yeah. stole her apple. And, they, you know, you forget that River, I think, is supposed to be like she's ni- like 19 yeah, or something. I mean, te- she's young. And, and Kaylee and- is not that much older. And Kaylee is de facto treated as the little sister. So these are, you know, two girls playing tag. Exactly. And, well, I mean, she even says yeah. as much. They say, oh, we were playing together. Yeah. Which is a beautiful little scene. I mean, and I, then, yeah, I and love. And once, you know, uh, 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 and then, you know, it flips on its head when, when Kaylee is, is terrified of shooting anybody and she, yeah. she freezes up and River just takes the gun and closes her eyes and shoots three guys. And of course, that's kind of like what the he- that's a science yeah. fiction thing. What the hell is going on? Yeah, but that but, you know now we're starting to see some of the purpose maybe behind all of the surgeries. Like, and and that's why I think the end of the episode is is so uh, uh, moving because yeah. you know Kaylee is just sitting there in the cargo bay and River's just going by and Kaylee is like yeah freaked the fuck out by River now, which is a sad sad thing because they were starting to connect, but. Kaylee realizes, I think, that she doesn't – I don't know if Kaylee doesn't trust River, doesn't feel safe around her, is well, sort of just, just freaked out by what she did. I mean it's the kind of thing we, you know, see where Kaylee is. Kaylee is going into this – you know, with all with the noblest of ideas. Everybody's going to save the captain. I'm going to go and save the captain too and obviously Kaylee is not – you know, Kaylee is definitely a non-combatant and she, for you know, for obvious reasons, you know, freaks the fuck out. River calmly goes, you know, shoots the does this amazing bit of shooting like it was nothing, and then says the line just that. I mean, the original context of that "no power in the verse can stop me" is Kaylee, you know, joking, "Oh, I got my apple back," you know. So I think part of it is River almost acting like it's just a game, like it's nothing, you know, and. You know, this is about as serious and as difficult as, you know, chasing after you for my apple. And so, you know, what the fuck, you know, we, I, you know, Kaylee's fear is, I don't think Kaylee thinks that she would ever get hurt by River, but what the fuck is River capable of? Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is, I mean, let's not forget in the last episode, it starts out with her stabbing Jane or slashing him or whatever she did. You know, I think that there's a degree to which River is, is the... She's the loose cannon, in effect. Yeah. I mean, nobody, you know, of course, book's past is a mystery, but book is sort of understandable. Book, everybody is has their own, but everybody's able to control themselves, except yeah. for River. Yeah. And, I mean, there is, the, you know, this is something that's mentioned uh, a couple of times throughout, but, she, you know, talking to Simon, you know, she does make it clear that she's terrified of her lucid periods because that's when she knows everything and she knows the difficult times are going to come back. I mean, River is a terrifying, you know, it, River is such a fucking tragic character, though, because, yeah, she is a scared 19-year-old girl who's dealing with some, you know, what Ser- the— f- Serious, like, in, you know, inflicted on her mental problems. Mental problems, trauma, physical, you know— PTSD, it, all everything kinds of stuff. that Everything bad mentally that can happen to a person is happening to River. Um, and at the same time, she, you know— she is also such a black box still to everybody. You know? Well, because she's, I mean, she's almost, she has elements of, of all kinds of different mental illnesses. You know, I mean, yeah. she's a little bit bipolar. She's a little bit schizophrenic. You know, there is no real good categorization for, for what exactly yeah. is wrong with her. And I mean, one of the, you know, you very much get the sense she is being trained to be some kind of super assassin. And I guess what, you know, what I always think is that, again, I, I mentioned, I would love to, for there ha- to have been, 
a character who is kind of the final form of, you know, what River was going to be created yeah. to be, you know, to who's trying to get that back because, I mean, you almost get the sense what they're eventually trying to do is strip out all of her emotions and so you have – you know, imagine of somebody who can shoot three people in, you know, three shots without looking and has no emotions about it. I mean, that moment, you know, that moment when she's shooting them is maybe what River was being molded into. Sure, yeah. And that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, we do get to see, yes. you know, full out River in the movie. So that will be interesting to, to, yeah. to see in a few weeks. I guess the last thing to talk about before we wrap this episode up is Nara's story. And... I don't that's the one part of the episode that doesn't really work for me. I yeah. don't really get why it's there. And maybe you can answer that for me. Oh, I can't. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't really connect with anything that's going on. I mean, it's a it's nice a, light, you know, uh, I guess it's just a nice light little comedy moment in an episode that is very very dark. I mean, there is that moment where the two of them are talking and Inara is saying, you know, look, you know, I know what it's like to be too. You know, I want somebody I can be myself with. And so, yes, maybe this is, you know, Inara taking somebody that, you know, she would prefer, you know, she would prefer to have this relaxing weekend, you know. Yeah. This is, you know, if, if, if Inara wants to enjoy herself, she's going to find another woman and not have to worry about performing, you know, for a while. Um, I think there is some nice contrast to obviously Jane, you know, drooling at them and I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> um what I I love, you know, it's a nice contrast to his reaction when he sees uh at the very end of the episode when you know Mal saying to Zoe, Well your husband says we have to sleep together and they're oh, you yeah, know yeah, 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 and yeah. he you know he sees them and he's just like, you know, visibly disgusted. Like I mean I think a lot of Wash's, you know, problem is he thinks that, you know, Zoe and Mal are mom and dad, but, you know, the reaction Jane has is more like their brother and sister in a way. And I mean, yeah. that is probably a better way of, you know, in a way, Mal is kind of more of an older brother to Zoe than than a romantic figure to them. And that's, you know, kind of why it's weird. I mean, which does go back, harken back to the beginning scene with Mal and Inara talking and the you know their mom and dad and the two girls are running around and they're scolding them to be quiet like i don't know it, it, this episode definitely has fun playing with the family dynamic and the roles of them i i think so yeah and i i think that the other thing that i find you know kind of intriguing about it as well is we we've we've talked a little bit about about what the role of women is on the show yeah. and what the role of women is or what the status of women is in in, in this society and you know, if if Inara's scene has any relevance to anything going on in the episode, it it, it could just be that that it's yeah. another sort of you know it may not have relevance directly to the to the events of this episode or the sort of character work that's going on, but yeah. you know maybe this is something that the show yeah. was slowly trying to reveal because I we am do very have... interested in that idea because there are women counselors but they are assumed to be male, although partially that might just be because you know she's Inara's client. Women, they... can, women. Oh, counselors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if they if if they had just said, oh, we're meeting with a counselor for a job, you know, they would not be surprised either way. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, the whole reaction to Inara's client being a woman is is a little like it's a. It, I mean, there there is a degree. To it's a little. It's, it's a little early two thousands. I was going to say it, it. It's a little Joss Whedon in early two thousands. Remember, you know, Buffy got a lot of. Uh, you know, controversy, but ultimately I think it was seen as good 
you know, for the world in having, you know, Willow become, you know, a lesbian in an active relationship. But of course, Buffy was also set in contemporary America in a, you know, in Firefly is obviously not. I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, it was still made in early 2003 when things were, but he's putting the news to see sexuality in the future is so casual and different. That's how we should be. You know, it, it, it very much is a moment made for 2002 in that way. Like, you know, we're going to show a lesbian kiss on TV and it won't be that shocking, you know. Ha, yeah. take that, America. It's like a PewDiePie video. Joss Whedon's head needed to be in the upper right corner being like, homosexuality is not a problem. Well, you know, but one of the things, you know, we had talked about in there is a DS9 episode with with where two women kiss and – it uses all of these weird, you know, we had talked about that as it uses all of these weird science fiction elisions to make it, you know, to have a lesbian kiss without actually having gay characters in yes. the world. And so, I mean, this is somebody where, you know, Anara is allowed to have, you know, trysts with other women and, you know, it, it's a version, frankly, of bisexuality that is not ordinarily seen. She's yeah. not seen. You know, she is somebody who, yes, generally does prefer to be with a man, but can, you know, can still have a, you know, can still sleep with a woman and not have, see any contradictions. The counselor herself, you know, it doesn't exactly matter what her sexuality is, but here we have a prominent character on another planet who is, you know, have, having open, openly having relationships with other women. So. You know, I, I think what that's saying is, you know, I, I think that's a braver move, even if this is just an incidental one ap- episode character. Sure. Because sure. it is an actual homosexual relationship between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Well, if you have any thoughts on uh, the episode that we just discussed, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. We also have a Patreon if you would like to give uh, our podcast some financial support, if you would enjoy them. And you can find that at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow, uh, which is also a good opportunity to remind you that we have another podcast, <laughs> Truckabout, which is all about Star Trek, DS9 currently. You can also find us on social media. Our username is tuning in, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And as always, please leave us a positive iTunes review. Since this is still a relatively new podcast, we would appreciate all the reviews you can give us. We're almost done with Firefly. Oh. We only have four episodes to go plus a movie. So that's a lot. I guess, yeah. It's another five weeks. Next week is the return of a character that we have seen before. I'm not going to say who. Is it Niska? Yeah, it's Niska. Oh, boy. We're going to be watching the episode Trash. So we'll see you then. Mac, why do you...